Happy Sabbath, everybody. It's so nice to see your bright and shining, smiling faces this morning. I was up here not that long ago as we were going through our sermon series. We worship, we connect, we serve. Pastor Mel is in the Philippines for four Sabbaths, so we're going to have a special sermon series, and I'm kicking us off. Let's talk about grace. Grace Farolino is an amazing human being. I could probably do a sermon about Grace. I don't, is Grace here this morning? Oh, it's a perfect time to talk about her. She's not here. Grace Farolino observed something fairly recently that did not exist at our church. She prayed about it. She thought about it. She asked questions about it. How come we don't have a VBS? And after much prayer and talking and getting people to help, we are knee deep, ankle deep, we're, we're, we're going up the wrong way, neck deep in planning for a vacation Bible school. That is so exciting. Grace saw that something didn't exist at her church, and with her tenacity, her willingness to let God use her, she stepped out in faith, and we are going to have one of the first vacation Bible schools that this church has had in a long time. That's pretty exciting. There are many people like that in this church. I think of Susan Excel. We have these amazing classes. I get to learn about beekeeping tomorrow because we have an amazing church. The Auburn Seventh-day Adventist Church is a really, really special place. And I feel very blessed and honored to be among you today. But let's talk about grace. This is the grace, of course, from the, the Bible. Let's uh, talk about grace in three short stories. Our first story happened several years ago. There was a church, and they were having a revival, as churches often do. And it was quite a successful revival. This was a really neat experience where they brought people in from the community, they invited people in, and wow, God was, was working. One lady came up, and she really liked the message that was being shared in this revival. And the people at the church, they said, do you love Jesus? And she said, yes, I love Jesus. And they said, are you sure you love Jesus? And she said, I'm sure I love Jesus. And they said, well, you need to remove your wedding ring. You see, we don't believe that wearing jewelry is what Jesus wants for us. What they didn't know, and I'm sure they didn't intend harm, is that one of the reasons this lady was going to this revival is that she had recently lost her husband. She was looking for answers. What happens when you die? And she had seen the advertisements about this revival and thought, hey, maybe this is the answer. And she felt she was finding that answer. But you see, that ring had been on 
her finger for about 50 years and hadn't come off. And she compared what she knew about Jesus, what she had been told, and then what she was being asked to do by people I believe were very well-intentioned, but she wasn't ready to remove her ring, and she left, and she never came back. Sorry, I'm starting this with a kind of a downer. Man. Let's talk about this guy, Dolph Lundgren. No, no, this guy, you know, Dolph Lundgren, you know, that guy. Dolph Lundgren's an interesting character. He has an interesting life. You kind of think of him as the hero of Hollywood from many movies of the 80s and 90s. He is sort of the epitome of the man's man. Uh, He actually has a little more to him than meets the eye. He's technically a genius, I think. His IQ is somewhere in the 160. He was headed to MIT on a full scholarship, and somewhere in that path he got diverted to Hollywood. Dolph Lundgren tells a story recently as he reminisces back on his life of how his success changed who he was and the trajectory of his life was altered significantly. See, when he was a young boy, he shares, his father was not a good person, didn't treat him well. In fact, he was abused repeatedly. Dolph Lundgren, he shares a story that his mother, while a wonderful, loving woman, didn't stop his father. And the beatings continued, and He ended up being out on the street making poor choices, and his life was one interesting thing to the next. This tough guy tells the story that he eventually broke down after his movie career absolutely fell apart. His family had really left him because of his poor choices. His parents no longer had contact with him. His wife was now his ex-wife. His kids had had wanted nothing to do with him. He reached rock bottom. Here's this man who many would put up on this pedestal of the epitome of the man's man. What a guy. He's got it all. He's got wealth. He's got good looks. He's got fame. He's got all of the things. And he was not happy. He was very upset. He didn't know what to do. Someone entered his life and said, maybe you should start some counseling. So this big man's man went to counseling and realized that he was holding on to some pretty big stuff. He started down this journey of forgiveness, of asking for forgiveness and grace. The forgiveness was what he asked for from his kids, apologizing for what he had done to them, what he had done to his ex-wife, the people in his life. He asked for forgiveness. He didn't have the opportunity to ask to give forgiveness to his parents at that time, but in his own way, 
he did. Forgiveness is an interesting thing in that the one who broke you cannot heal you. I'll say that again. The one who broke you cannot heal you. In fact, the reason that forgiveness is so hard is because to forgive someone else is to absorb the cost and pain of what they owe you. As a child, he was abused. And he recognized that he needed to forgive his parents in order for him to move on. Not for them, but he had to wipe that clean in order for him to move on. He had to ask his children for forgiveness. He didn't deserve it, and that was difficult. But he recognized the value of asking for forgiveness and giving forgiveness. And that was the turning point in his career where he had a revival in his career and he was able to get healthy again and get things back in order. Now, I'm not putting Dolph Lundgren as a, an example because he has made mistakes, but this brilliant man's man from Hollywood, he was able to recognize the value of forgiveness. Many, many years ago, there was a leader, and he was approached by other leaders in their community, and they brought forth this woman who had made some poor choices. She had been unfaithful. And they said to the first leader, what should we do? What should we do with her? She has really messed up. What should be her punishment? And well, you might know the story. The answer was not given immediately. There were words written in the sand. If we look at that passage, we, we don't know what words were written in the sand, but I imagine that they may have been a challenge something that at least challenged those individuals who said, this is the law of Moses says what to do. We should stone her. And he was being put in an impossible situation, or that's what they hoped would be an impossible situation. But he wrote in the sand instead of answering And as we just read by my wonderful daughter Viviana, John 8, 10 through 11, again says, When Jesus had raised himself up, after writing in the sand, and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We don't know what those words were 
in the sand. But they made an impact. They made a very profound impact on the lives of those people who were ready to stone that woman. Ah, I'm so glad that in Auburn, California in 2023, stoning people isn't something that we have to come in to grips with. I believe that there are things in the Bible that are both timely and timeless. We talked about this in youth today. This was a very important part of my understanding of the Bible, that as we go through the Bible, we will find things that challenge us. We're not sure what to do with them. And as you read those things in the Bible, and my encouragement to our youth is to read the whole Bible. There's so much good in there, and it will challenge you. You will find things in the Bible that are, whoa, what do I do with this? Some of those things in the Bible are timeless. The principles in the Bible last throughout time. Other things in the Bible, well, that was more of a cultural time. Part of our struggle with organized religion and why we have so many denominations that have come out of Christianity is in that struggle of what things in the Bible are timeless and what things in the Bible are timely. Culture changes over time, but the principles of the story can remain. What can we take from the principles of the story? We're not being asked to pick up stones and ready to punish people. That's not something that we do. But we can think about the principles of holding stones. And I ask you today, what stones are you holding for maybe different groups of people? maybe individuals, where you are ready, not actually, but do you have anger in your heart towards people that you may not be similar to, that you may struggle with knowing how to accept? Because part of this story, with so many of its different facets, lots of things are happening in this story. But one of them is a group of people who is ready to cast judgment on someone that they do not like, they disagree with, they feel is harmful. Grace, forgiveness. Grace and forgiveness, it's not forgiveness for that person, it is for ourselves, for us to be able to move on. Forgive and forget? Mm, forget doesn't feel quite right. Forgive and have boundaries. We struggle sometimes with understanding the part of this verse where it says, and Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Did that mean that suddenly she was going to be without sin and Jesus was expecting her to live a life of no sin of perfection? No. But stop doing what you're doing. You're messing up. This isn't right. This can't continue. Stop doing those bad things. Forgiveness and then boundaries. 
forgiveness and then boundaries. My encouragement to you is think about those in your life that you may need to forgive. Think about those in your life that you may ask for forgiveness from. Just like we see Dolph Lundgren, the meathead you think of as a Hollywood hunk, he came to this conclusion that we need to forgive, to let go of those things in our hearts so that we can move on. But we also don't necessarily forget we have boundaries. This is what I take from that verse. In the first story of the, I believe, well-intentioned church lay people who had put on this wonderful, fantastic church revival, and because of how they interpreted a timeless or timely passage from the Bible, their interpretation of the Bible And then how they communicated that interpretation to someone else pushed her away. I'm sad to see when the things that we hold dear about our religion are the things, the very things that push people away from Jesus. I don't have the answer and I'm not here to say which of those things are timeless and which one of those things are timely, but my encouragement to you is as you read that Bible, the thing I encourage the youth to do, as you read the Bible and you are presented with, okay, is this timeless or timely, that you can apply a fairly simple question in response, does it cause harm? Does, would following this thing cause harm? And if it does cause harm, it probably had something to do with the culture of the day and doesn't necessarily apply to us in 2023. There's a principle there that we can take, but we take the book, the book of Leviticus and we're very comfortable with, ah, let's not do that. Ah, that's not okay. We already do that. How we communicate those things to others is so important. We have things that we have held on to in our beliefs. And my encouragement to you is take a step back and ask, is this causing harm? And that's my encouragement for our church. Because Jesus, as he wrote in the sand, he challenged those church leaders, didn't he? He made them awfully uncomfortable. So uncomfortable that they left. And they were no longer willing to judge someone anymore. They left. In 2023, what would Jesus write in the sand for you? because I'm sure we're all holding on to something. Is there something that Jesus would write on the sand that you would say, oh, wait, that's a little too close to home. I'm not ready to deal with this. Or ideally, oh, wait, that's a little too close to home. Maybe I need to walk in forgiveness and compassion. 
Because when we distill down the life of Christ, that's the message that I get time and time again is love people who are difficult to love. Walk in such a way that you have open arms and you are ready to accept people that are different than you, that make you feel a little uncomfortable. That's what I take from the story of Jesus among so many things. Oh, we're going the wrong way. One day I'll get this thing figured out. As we wrap this up, I want to talk for just a minute about fathers. Happy Father's Day, everybody. It's tomorrow. Wow, what a neat thing. I, first off, as, as my obligation is, I want to take a moment and thank my own father, Bucky Weeks. Hi, Dad. He's not here. He's streaming on at home. He's not able to be here today, but I am so thankful for my father. And I hope that you are able to take this time, this time that we have once a year, and be thankful for your own father. I really wish I, that I could apply some of the things that Jesus shared for us. Jesus was an example for many things. The principles that he led in his life, we can apply to our day, but we don't have, he was not a father. But we know how he treated his heavenly father. And those are the principles that we can take for our life. So happy Father's Day. You are important. And I want you to thank a father or a father figure tomorrow because, and today, because of the difference that that can make in our lives and how thankful we are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, happy Father's Day. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Thank you for this time that you have brought us together. And thank you for the examples you give us in the Bible, the principles that you have laid out for us to live a life that you want for us, to take care of those around us. And may we put down our rocks, our stones that we may be holding on to, and walk in forgiveness, walk in grace that you want for us. We are grateful for the example of your Son that you have given to us. Thank you for this Sabbath day. In your name we pray. Amen.